How's it going, everybody? This is Michael Hunter. Uh, I am back. We are doing the typical, well, not the typical show. I got a horror story for you guys. I swear I have the worst luck with technology. Um, today's show is a little bit shorter. I just kind of blew through it. Um, gave you guys my top five remaining uh, projected standings for uh, the 2018-19 season. I, I did have a huge show. It would have been an hour and a half or so. I had about six pages of notes. And I, you know, I was up this morning early, wrote the show before football, and I had some kind of crazy hard drive failure on my other laptop. And I, I wasn't about to spend four more hours writing the show all over again. And couldn't get the laptop to fire back up. For some reason, I can't restore it. So it's a whole big mess. Trying, you know, I lost all the previous episodes of ACCBR, the early works, all that stuff is is fucking gone. Ugh. So I, I wanted to get out, I want to talk a little bit about the Jalen Leck thing, which I did today. I gave you the, the, the final five. There was a transfer from Clemson that I talked about a little bit. But today's show is a little bit shorter. Uh, basically, go to ACC Basketball Report, like, rate, review, share. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, retweet the podcast, get the word out there, you know, my usual spiel. And as always, I appreciate you guys. And, you know, again, short, short podcast today, which, you know, maybe you guys will enjoy. It's it's only about half an hour or so. But uh, I'll be back Wednesday with a recap of the first two game, uh, two game, two nights of games. And then I'll be back next weekend. We'll start doing the show twice a week to uh, to break it up a little bit. So, this is episode number 39. I'm not sure I thought I'd ever get here, but uh, you know, I keep seeing the numbers go up. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for joining me. I am Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report. Welcome to the latest edition of the ACC Basketball Report. I am your host, as always, Michael Hunter. You can find me on Twitter at pcone 36 Today, I am going to wrap up the uh, projected 2018-19 um, ACC standings. Um, I couldn't. Uh, I wanted to break it up a little bit, but today I'm just going to do the top five. Get out of the way. The season starts Tuesday. There's ten games in action. I broke down a couple of them. You can go to accbasketballreport.com to check that out. Um, looking at three marquee matchups for opening night, <clears throat> and I think we may see one of the teams fall. Um, there are a couple sneaky good matchups uh, for opening night. Uh, particularly uh, North Carolina, traveling to Spartanburg to play a Wofford team that actually beat them last year. 
um, in Chapel Hill. Uh, Cam Jackson is gone. Fletcher McGee is still there who can just shoot the lights out. Um, I'm going to jump right into a couple things real quick. Uh, there is a story out that Jalen Leck, who is a five-star point guard that is currently committed to North Carolina State, may possibly forego his uh, college eligibility and turn pro and has been meeting with um, uh, NBA scouts and things, uh, you know, those people, those those type of, you know, getting his feedback as far as, you know, whether that's a good decision. Uh, apparently he is in his fifth year of high school and he um, has already, basically, he last spring he fulfilled his obligation as far as NCAA the NBA rule, uh, it's kind of a gray area. I wasn't really able to find a whole lot on it. Um, but apparently because he's been in high school for five years, he's fulfilled the requirement to be a year removed from graduation. I don't really know how this works, but it's a loophole that he's apparently seriously considering, uh, taking advantage of, which, you know, it has to be a huge bull for NC State. This kid is a super talented kid, uh, just a highlight real kid, five stars. He would flourish in that system, uh, you know, a high-impact player that in a run-and-gun offense would just be a, a real delight to watch. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that he goes to college because I want good players to go to college, but at the same time, he's going to wreak havoc on my yellow jackets. So, you know, give and take. I hope he goes to school because I think he's a really exciting player. I'd like to see him in the college ranks. I don't really want to see him sit in the bench in the NBA. Um, A.J. Oliver has left Clemson. Uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, 6'5", uh, former three-star guard. He is visiting Old Dominion. Um, there was a couple others as well uh, that, I, that I can't remember. And they actually have a, received a commitment from Alex Hemingway, who is a three-star shooting guard ranked roughly around 324th in the country. Um, you know, it doesn't move the needle a whole lot, but Brad Brownell is, you know, seemingly restocking uh, what's going to be left of Clemson um, for next year when he loses, you know, his, his guards, his, his all-conference center. You know, all these guys are going to be gone. And he's, he's putting together a pretty nice class for 2019. I give him a lot of guff. Um, but he's getting it on the recruiting trail now. Not a huge, nothing really huge, splashy, anything like that. But putting together solid program guys uh, that are four-year player type players. So, Brownell getting it done. Um, some of the other people, some of the other programs in the ACC are a little bit lagging behind right now. Um, <clears throat> one thing I did want to talk about is hopefully we get to see some of the freshmen. I want to talk a little bit about the exhibition games that I've been seeing the last couple days. Uh, watched G-Tech play last night. They were okay. Uh, Michael DeVoe did not play. He recently had a right toe, uh, a toe injury on his right foot and was in a walking boot for most of the preseason, so you won't see him until opening night. As far as I know, he is going to go. Uh, G-Tech doesn't actually open up their season until next Friday against Lamar, so give him an extra week of rest. Um, no reason really to have him push it when he's playing an exhibition game against Florida Tech. Uh, the other game that I picked up on was the Louisville game against Simmons. Uh, it was actually, uh, you know, I, I liked what I saw from a few players. Specifically, I thought Malik Williams played pretty well. I was surprised to see that Stephen Enoch um, uh, started over Malik Williams, but I thought when Williams entered the game, he played pretty well. Jordan Wara, kind of so-so in the first half. I, I didn't watch the whole game. I just caught the first half. I thought uh, the Christian Cunningham, the, the grad transfer, I thought he played well. 
And, you know, Louisville is, is about what I expected. Um, you know, they, they beat up on Simmons pretty bad, but I, I don't, I'm still not uh, convinced that they're going to be top half of the ACC. I think we, I've got them slotted right about right at, at number 11. So um, I do want to try to get to watch the UNC Mount Olive game that is on the ESPN app. So I'm going to try to check that out as well. But before I do all that, I want to wrap up these ACC projections. It's going to be a little bit different today because I've got a limited amount of notes and it's just going to be a little bit different on this count now. Plus, I want to wrap it up before the season gets started. So, number five in my projected standings is Virginia Tech, which some of you may already know. Um, I like Buzz Williams. He is my preseason coach of the year um, simply because it seems like you get a little jaded when... You know, for some reason, Coach K never wins Coach of the Year in the ACC. Okay, Roy Williams. It's a, it always goes to Tony Bennett or Josh Passner if you win if he goes eight and ten in the conference or something crazy like that. So I, I think it, it, this year it's probably going to be Buzz Williams. I could see Leonard Hamilton if if they come in the top five, he could, he could make a serious run for it. But anyways, I like Buzz Williams. Okay, reason number one, I've got him at five. Reason number two is all the perimeter talent. Okay, they lose uh, Justin Bibbs. But they gain Ty Outlaw comes back, who shoot who last when he played 16-17, shot nearly 50% from deep. And that wasn't on, you know, 20 attempts. That was on like 117 attempts. So <clears throat> Ty Outlaw, fantastic shooter. Maybe asked to play a little bit of the of the small ball four. Um, especially, you know, if Chris if this Chris Clark, you know, suspension is is you know turns into a dismissal it, it he's gonna you know tile is probably gonna have to slip into that role a little bit uh the other one that comes in is landers nolly who's a six seven off guard who may be asked if he's legit six seven which i believe he is uh he may be able to slide into that small ball four stretch four he's a fantastic shooter a real sniper they have another point guard coming in named John Cabongo, who's a three four star kind of guy i'm not sure how much run he's gonna get given the depth of this backcourt Especially when you have Wobisa Bede um, backing up Justin Robinson, but he's a but Kabongo might be a, a long term option, you know, kind of a development player. You know, Robinson's gone after this year. Bede's got two years left, <clears throat> so you're gonna see you know a changing of the guard, <laughs> so to speak, um, in the in the Virginia Tech backcourt. And Kabongo certainly has a has a you know enough talent to you know possibly be the future of this backcourt. So. Um, you know, another reason that, that I that I really like Virginia Tech, I think Robinson obviously could be um, possibly ACC Player of the Year. I have him on my first team all-conference. Ahmed Hill is another guy that super athletic. When he's focused, he's really effective, especially on the offensive end. He can jump out of the building. He can shoot the ball a little bit. You know, at one point last year, he was the leading scorer on this team. And then, obviously, um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is, you know, he's a pro. This kid's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, didn't have quite the freshman year that some may have expected but i think he breaks out this year you know that that backcourt of robinson hill and naw is is lethal those guys can put up points i mean that you you may be looking at 50 to 60 points per game just out of those three you know they could they can all they can all put the ball in the the basket jeez i can't speak today um number four on my list that i have is syracuse and i think um Syracuse and Virginia Tech kind of make up that second tier teams. If I was to if I was to tier out this, I think Syracuse and Virginia Tech are clearly uh, below the first tier. 
but I think they're they're both better than Florida State, uh, NC State, and Clemson. And then I'd probably go, uh, you know, Notre Dame, Miami, Boston College, Louisville, and then you know the bottom three are obvious with Wake, G Tech, and Pittsburgh. Which, you know, I the more I look at Wake Forest, if they just had a coach. They could be they could be a tournament team this year. It's, it's unbelievable. But anyway, Syracuse they bring basically everybody back. Um, you know, Chukwu is going to be the anchor in that in that uh, in that zone. They're long. They're super athletic. Jalen Carey, who's currently injured, and has not played for them. Um, adds you know another backcourt dynamic, which probably takes the ball out of Frank Howard's hands a little bit, which is which could be a good thing. Um, I think Carey's a more of a point guard though he is a shooting guard. Than Howard, uh, I'm sorry, a scoring point guard, where Howard I think is is kind of a is a shooting guard. He's he's a guy that you want, you know, catch and shoot, spot up shoot. Um, <clears throat> could see Howard at the two, maybe Battle spend some time at the three, Brissett small ball four, you know, and the, and then Chukwu obviously is, is the center down low. You know, then you got Merrick Dolzhai, certainly talented. I think he has kind of a more a breakout year this year and an expanded role. Maybe you see him uh, play a little bit more offense. You know, this is going to be one of the best defensive teams in the country. They get more talented. You know, they they stay they get longer with the transfer of Elijah Hughes from East Carolina, who's not uh, fantastic offensively, but he is you know six seven six six long arms. Going to jump in that zone. He's going to he's going to wreak some havoc. And you know he's just another weapon for Bayheim to use at uh, in that zone. And Syracuse, I think this year, if they get the offense figured out a little bit, as far as Battle shoots a three, Howard shoots a three, Battle shoots a three, Howard shoots a three. You know, and they score. I don't even know what they scored last year, but they were just dreadful to watch on offense. So <clears throat> if Bayheim gets the offense figured out, maybe Jalen Carey can be more of a facilitator than Frank Howard was. And they learn how to work that ball and spread you out a little bit and, you know, get some more people involved. I think, you know, Syracuse is, you know, they got the Elite Eight talent. I just, you know, there's only one ball and carries a score, Howard's a score, Battle's a score, Brissett's a score. <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see how this team comes together. Uh, super talented, but if I was to pick one of these teams in the top five or in the top four, to regress, you know, to possibly not meet expectations, I think it would be Syracuse because of what I saw from them on the offensive end and because Carey is currently injured. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see how Syracuse, uh, you know, lives up to their expectations this year. Obviously, they consistently do it in March. I'd like to see them kind of dominate during the season for the first time in quite a while. You know, it's been what, five, six years since uh, since that C.J. Fair team started out 20-0 and or, or, or however many games in a row they won to start the season. Um, <clears throat> number three on my hit list, I, you know, I wrestle with this one, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my guns. I have Virginia at number three in the ACC, and I really want to put them number two, but I, I just, I don't know. Um, obviously, they've got one of the best players in the conference, in DeAndre Hunter, they have one of the best backcourts in the conference in Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy. They have one of the best coaches in the conference in Tony Bennett. They are consistently efficient, not only on defense. We all know about the pack line, but they're also very consistent with offense. You know, just because they don't score a ton of points doesn't mean they don't make do with the possessions that they have. Uh, I believe I put something out 
on the website a couple weeks ago that Virginia's been top 30 or top 40 in both offensive and defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm, dating back to 2014, I believe. So just because they don't score a ton doesn't mean they're not good on offense. They're very deliberate. You know what they're going to do. You still can't stop them. This Braxton Key uh, eligibility that they just uh, were granted is another component that's going to make them even better on offense. He is a 10.6 rebound type kid out of Alabama. He is going to probably slide right into that that Isaiah Wilkins role a little bit, though I don't think he's as good on defense as Wilkins was. And then they have a sleeper, an athlete, uh, a help side defender, a guy who's going to block some shots in Mamadi Diakite, who is, he's not going to score a ton of points, but I think he can be a, a good rebounder, certainly a good shot blocker, especially on the help side. And I like I like this this Virginia team a lot. I, I thought about moving them up to two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with them at three. Even though right now I think they might. I mean, they're gonna be a this is a this is a three a three team race for the for the ACC championship in my opinion. And Virginia is obviously one of the alpha dogs. And I know it's stupid to say one of the alpha dogs, implying that there can be more than one alpha. But I think in this case with the ACC, that is certainly true. Um, something else, I think the UMBC loss. Yeah. Let's talk about that again. That is going to fuel these guys. I think that makes Virginia very dangerous. I think they're going to come out and boat race some people. I feel bad for Towson on, on Tuesday evening. Um, I think Virginia is going to come out and beat them by 40, but I th- you know, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, they're fiery kids. I think, you know, uh, Kyle Guy carried himself tremendously at media day from what I heard. And I, I just, I think they're going to come out and they're just going to slap Towson around a little bit. And it, it's going to be a game that I'm going to watch just to see how, how they recover from that tournament loss and how they put that behind them. I think Tony Bennett's obviously going to have them really, really ready to play. Um, number two team I have in the projected standings is Duke. You know, what? What's not to like, okay? And I want to set the record straight a little bit on Zion Williamson. I have never claimed that I thought Zion was a bad player. The only thing I ever questioned was, can he shoot the ball? And he showed in Canada, he shoot a little bit. I don't know if he's going to if he's gonna be effective in ACC play. But, you know, he's a, a, a generational type talent, a transcendent type talent. I mean, the, the way that this kid gets up off the floor is absolutely incredible. I think he's going to rebound the shit out of the ball. I'm not sure he can play small ball five, though. You know, and I, when I was talking to T a couple weeks ago, he basically said the same thing, that he's not sure that that he would be effective in that role. We're going to see it, though. Okay, we're going to see lineups with Trey Jones, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, probably Alex O'Connell, and Zion Williamson. Now, I would much rather see him get the ball at the foul line area, in the high post type area, and, and go to work in space. I think that that would be just phenomenal to watch and I think what you're going to see is Javin Delorier and for whatever reason Marcus Bolton play that five spot I like Delorier a little bit better than Bolton at this point but this is a team that's going to shoot a lot of threes they're going to be on ESPN every night and Zion it's funny because he could be a first team All-American but he may also not make any All-American list I really don't know what to expect from from him until we see him come out against Kentucky, okay, in the Champions Classic on Tuesday night. There's going to be 10 of the top 37 recruits in the 2018 class playing in that game, and I want to see Zion. If Zion goes to the Champions Classic and does to Kentucky what he did to those three teams in Canada, I'm all in. 
I mean, you know, I, I've, I've, I'm not going to say I've been harsh to the kid, but I, I have not been convinced yet of his all-around talent outside of being a dunk machine. If he comes out and and destroys Kentucky the way that he played against those kids up in Canada, I'm in. Um, <laughs> I mean, how, how do you how do you not buy in at that point? Um, you know, obviously Kentucky has some kids in the front court in EJ Montgomery, who's a really good player. Uh, Nick Richards, who's a really good player. You know, Zion Williamson, those aren't the kind of kids that he faced when they were up in Canada. You know, I think R.J. Barrett's going to be good. I think I still think Cam Reddish may have the highest upside of anybody in the entire 2018 recruiting class. But he's he's been accused of having a you know a low motor, not a not full go all the time. And you know, what's not to like about this Duke team other than the name that's on the jersey? Okay, they've got a tremendous home court advantage at Cameron. Uh, they've got maybe the best coach of all time. And now they've got four legit stars. One of the other which is Trey Jones that I haven't mentioned. I think Alex O'Connell is tremendously underrated. You know, and I don't like Duke as a program. I don't particularly like Shashevsky and how he thinks that we're all stupid. But this is a team that if you like college basketball, you have to watch this team play, especially on this opening night against Kentucky. I have Duke at number two. The only question I really have about the Blue Devils is their ability to shoot the ball from three. I think Barrett's a good three-point shooter, but he's not a knockdown shooter. Uh, Trey Jones is not really known to be a great shooter. Certainly an upgrade from Trevon Duval, but uh, you know that's not really saying much. Cam Reddish is a great shooter, but maybe a little streaky. We all know uh, Zion's not a great three-point shooter. And Alex O'Connell is, surprisingly, he's got a really nice-looking shot, but... He's not, he hasn't shown it at this level yet right now. You know, coming in, he's more of an athlete type. And, you know, he, he's going to hit some threes. He's certainly got a nice looking jumper, but he is also a dunk machine that nobody really knows about. We haven't really seen that from Alex in his college days. Hopefully he's recovering uh, from that eye injury that he suffered in Canada. So that leaves with my number one team in the ACC. I think North Carolina will win the ACC this year. I love that they have a mix of scorers, um, shooters, big men. They're deep everywhere. Okay, Kenny Williams, Cam Johnson on the wing. You got Nasir Little who can play anywhere on the court. Kobe White, not really a facilitator, more of a scorer, but he's a big guard, 6'5", likes to run. He's going to flourish in this, this run-first system. And then you can play basically positionless basketball with Luke May on the floor who is a stretch five, basic, you could play five out if you want, which, you know, if you get your spacing right, open up these lanes, maybe do a little uh, pick and switch and, and get some bad matchups. The, the, the opportunities are endless for this North Carolina team. Uh, you know, great home court advantage. Chapel Hill is an underrated place as far as, as far as crowds go, I think. They say wine and cheese, which that is the town, but the Dean Dome does get pretty loud and it does get pretty uh you know they are fanatics for a reason and you know i just i i don't know how you look at this north carolina team and you think that duke is better i i just i, I as far as the depth you know i i've never bought into the roy williams as a bad coach bullshit i think that's crap you don't win championships being a bad coach you don't do the things that he's done over his career and being a bad coach I just if you take Duke's roster and you and you set it next to UNC's roster, 
I don't know how you put Duke ahead of UNC like I've seen some. I mean, I've seen UNC come in at 11. I think John Rothstein put UNC at 11 in his top 25. That is absolutely crazy. You cannot tell me that there are 10 teams that are better than North Carolina. Now, <clears throat> that being said, if you're playing your first game in college, you have to go to Spartanburg to play at Wofford, which if you've ever seen any of the games televised uh, for Wofford, which why would you? In this, as far as the SoCon goes, Wofford is a legit bad place to play for road teams. Those kids are fucking crazy. And Nasir Little, Kobe White, um, Leaky Black, some of these kids that haven't played before, uh, it's going to be a hostile environment with a program who actually beat North Carolina last year. These kids are going to be amped. That's going to be a crazy night. And... I, you know, they're just going to have to grow up quick. And that's basically all there really is to it. Um, I would not be shocked if North Carolina loses on opening night to Wofford and then and then gets pissed and and starts just blowing teams out. That's that's a legit possibility for me. Uh, you know, those guys, you know, lose the first game of the season, then you win 20 in a row. That's, that's not outside the realm of possibilities, I don't think. I think that is certainly on the table. Uh, I just wanted to touch base with you guys real quick today. I know I kind of ran through that a little bit. Um, I did want to get it wrapped up. I had a problem with one of the laptops today. I have a, a computer in the office that I record with that does not have Microsoft Word on it. And I still haven't figured out how to write up notes on this laptop as far as what the program goes. It always wants me to give them credit card information or subscribe or something. But I had the show written today as I typically would do, doing a breakdown and on the laptop that I have Microsoft Word on, it's an older laptop. It's the one that I was using when I was losing shows and, and the audio was terrible and things of that nature. So I swapped over to this new one. So I write on the old one, I record on the new one. And today, about 20 minutes after um, I wrote the show, I had a catastrophic hard drive failure, I guess. And I'm currently trying to restore but i don't think it's going well and i basically lost about six pages of notes that i was going to use for this particular podcast so that's why today's show is kind of jumbled together um and i apologize that i kind of blew through the top five but i wanted to get my top five out there uh before we start listening to games on tuesday or watching games on tuesday everything should be back to normal next week i will get this computer thing figured out and the show i promise won't be as thrown together as it was tonight but as always, like, rate, review, share, retweet the podcast, get it out there. You know, let's build the brand. This is the place to go for the best ACC talk, knowledge, breakdown, recruiting news, all that stuff. ACC BR is where you want to be, okay? Uh, I do see the numbers creeping up, so that means that you guys are, are, are doing what you need to do. Uh, helping me out to build this brand. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I'm going to go back and watch some more football and hopefully watch the Pats win. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll be probably, let's see, go to ACC Basketball Report. <clears throat> okay. I put some new stuff up there every day. My game preview for Notre Dame against UIC is on slapthesign.com. My game preview for G Tech against Lamar is on gtswarm.com. So go check those out. And look for me to do a game review for Notre Dame. Um, Chase won't be able to make that recap after the Notre Dame game on Tuesday. So look for that on Slap the Sign. I'll get that up hopefully as soon as the game ends. 
and I will give my thoughts on opening night on ACC Basketball Report. Hopefully Wednesday night, I think. I'm going to do another podcast for the first half of the week, and then next weekend we'll do the second half of the week. So going to start trying to go to two shows a week just because the game recaps seem to take forever, and it's a lot of information for you to, to throw at you guys once a week. So I'm going to try to break it up into two and see how that goes. Of course, this is all... Uh, dependent on how things go with the day job and how much time that allows. So I thank you guys for listening, and I hope you guys enjoy the games. I will talk to you Wednesday night. Later.